Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head below the Mason-Dixon line this week with Joel Schumacher's 2000 Vietnam War drama, Tigerland. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Yo, yo. Mike B. Yep. And not Nate for once. So guys, what do you think? Oh my God. Uh, well, I, I have to say, uh, I've seen this movie multiple times, but um, I am really curious to know what uh, Mr. Freaking Birch thinks about this movie. Right. Okay. Well, so I saw it a while, probably 10, about a decade ago, right? Years ago. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, before I really, really got into the nitty gritty shit. This time I watched it and I was like, huh, that's <laughs> interesting. Okay. Um, so I, I actually wrote down notes for this one. It's not egregiously shitty. It's not like that bad. It's not like midway where I'd write down notes and everything. But I still wrote down notes because there are some things that need to be addressed that are just whatever. Overall, the plot, okay, I get it. The kind of main storyline, uh, probably a little bit more fantasy than real with the, the main character um, doing what he does. We'll get into that and everything. But, like, you know, kind of that whole thing, and it's just kind of weird. And it was also made in 2000 where there was a shitload of Vietnam War movies where you see a lot of callbacks to those movies in this, little 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 touches and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, it's cool because it gives a perspective on the Vietnam War, especially late Vietnam War, so 71 – that's that's one of the best the things I like the most. About right. It. Yeah. So it does. It's, it's not like 1960. Right. And then you've got yeah. So you've got a lot of opportunities to play with a lot of the characters that have been there, which we'll talk about. But like, um, so 71. Yeah. The Vietnam War is wrapping up. Uh, 73. Basically, all U.S. troops except for quote unquote essential troops, or some shit, are pulled out of Vietnam. All combat troops, but there were still troops there. Ends in 75. So this is very late war as far as combat action is concerned with the army and everything. So that's pretty cool that it actually takes place in 71 and not 68, 69. Uh, Tigerland, real place, um, a Vietnam veteran that I knew personally. Uh, he's died since then. He actually did his basic training, or, or I'm sorry, his AIT. He was on infantry. He was an aviation, um, uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, aviation something. He was in the first aviation brigade. He ended up being a crew chief on a UH-1 in Long Bin in 68 blah blah but he actually went through fort polk and he was telling me about this when i was younger and he said yeah we call it little vietnam because it's got a lot of the same uh uh weather and terrain as vietnam was and he's like then when we got to vietnam we were like oh yeah that is it's a lot hotter in vietnam but like like oh the, the terrain is pretty fucking similar and the climate so uh fort polk which still exists and is still a training facility um, so my friend said, yeah, this is a real place. He went there. He trained there. Um, obviously, he's dead now, so I can't ask him what exactly he did there. But it's a real place, and it's pretty cool that somebody took the time to do that much research on a training facility during a war, you know, and tried to do research. Because there was a lot of things that they got right, and we'll get into that mm -hmm. shit, too. This is just my opening remarks. So, Brian. So yeah, I had heard about this film a lot. I had yet 
to see it until you know yesterday and uh, it's interesting i i feel like the hype is way more than the film i mean as i was watching it i really felt like i was watching a, a really really watered down version of, of jarhead like you know i felt like because this falls into like the mantra of like training films and it's funny how like in the late 90s you had a lot of training films that came out like the one closest to this i could think of is buffalo soldiers have you guys seen that nope i have um, not so I, that's actually a really good film but it's about like got gis in germany in the 90s like you know after the cold war and like what do you do like you try not to get a dui and you do heroin like you know, it talks about. Oh, that's like, the, the one. Stuff, that's like, the one where they, they get the tank and they drive it through the. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've oh, seen so clips. Good. I've seen clips. So we'll have, yeah, we'll have to watch. That I think. Someday. I think we'll definitely do that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I have a friend that was in the in the army in the nineties in Germany. He's like, yeah, that's what it was like before <laughs> Bosnia. You know, yeah. I was like, Whoop. whoops. But um, so no, it's interesting they have like all these training films that came out and stuff, and I feel like that's definitely in the vein of that. And it's like just watching this to me was like somebody wanted to make a movie about the Vietnam War, but they didn't want to make a movie about the Vietnam War. You know, it's like they got a close enough subject to it, but they didn't actually do it. So in that context, it's very interesting, but it really reminded me of like, you know, Stripes, Buffalo Soldiers, Full Metal Jacket, Top Gun, Few Good Men. All these training films kind of like fall into the same kind of, even like G.I. Jane. It's like, you know, super aggressive, like, you know, people in charge. And then you get the people that like try to not deal with the system, deal with the I mean... To me, it was just like a very generic training film. But it's very interesting that they do set it during during Vietnam in this era. And it's also really cool they set it during 71. I, I really want to make a movie about Vietnam, like 70, 71, Parrot's Peak, that kind of stuff. Because there's two real Vietnam Wars. And in my opinion, the line starts mid-69. There's the green fatigue, Daddy was in Vietnam, and Hue, and, and Tet, and Iron Triangle, you know, 65 to 69. Or... Daddy was in Vietnam with, you know, camo fatigues, writing, fuck the Ar Air Force or fuck the army everywhere and hating the existence and wanting to get out and doing drugs. You, you know, you, you get the early part of the war and the late part of the war. 99% of people don't talk about the late part of the war, but they use the culture of the late part of the war and they put it in the early part of the yes. war and they're like, this is Vietnam, yep. you know? So there's two very different Vietnams in my opinion. And even like reenacting the Vietnam War, nobody does post-69. It's all the classic green jungle fatigues, you know, fighting Pway, all that bullshit. But so it was really cool to see a movie based in the 70s about the war and to have all that dredging and shit come up because, you know, the last guys that were killed in combat was uh, the DAF at um, BN Ho, no, not BN Ho, what was the air for a field? Tonsonut. Tonsonut, yeah. Yep. Two Marines got killed by a rocket barrage mm -hmm. fucking like the day before. This is four years before that and they're already talking about the war ending. So it was very interesting, you know, in being over. But so that being said, yeah, it just really follows like a just like the mantra of just training films to me. And there were some good scenes. But again, it just I felt like it really fell for some of that. And we'll get into it and stuff. But I, looking at everything from the era and stuff, it's like if you want to if you're going to talk about like this and being in the military and being shit on and dealing having horrible situations, I really feel like Jarhead did what this was trying to do a little better. But what do you think, Mike? Michael. <laughs> uh, I, I I like this movie more than you guys. I uh, I think this movie is actually really good. Um, now, when it, it's one of those movies, though, that when I watch it, I really appreciate a lot of the things that's going on with the writing and stuff like that. But like, it's one of those movies to where it's like, I could see this being a movie to where everything technical is completely fucked. Like, I mean, I and again, it's I don't really know a lot about that stuff when it comes to not it. Not everything. But spoiler like, alert! Not everything. Okay. So, again, well, okay. You're good. good. You're good. Because you're good. I've often. 
I've often wondered that with this movie. It's like this movie in my I could see this being a movie to where it's like everything technical is fucked, but I'm glad to hear that it isn't. But um I actually quite like this movie you know, like I say, quite a bit. Um I uh I, I always felt it was the it was the like antithesis of full metal jacket. Um I always I thought full metal jacket, like I think Kubrick really failed with Full Metal Jacket. I think he was trying to do some anti-war thing. However, people love that movie and they love like Arlie Ermy. They love all of the stuff, you know, with the training and everything like that. They they praise that stuff. This movie, it's very uncomfortable. It doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel you don't laugh at the things that the that the drill instructors are saying. And uh it's very not entertaining, whereas Arlie Ermy is like, you know, entertaining. I um yeah, I can see people having a problem with some of the stuff in it with the characters and the way things are done, but uh, I actually think it's pretty damn good and pretty unique. Like I say, no, the, this is one of the only Vietnam War films I've seen where it's like not, you know, 1967. We're getting ready to get on, you know, to, to, to go to war or something like that. It's like, no, it's everyone knows it's a fucking shit fest at this point, which I really like about it. So, yeah, I dig this movie quite a bit. Yeah, and if we want to jump right in about the technical <laughs> and stuff, the only thing that I saw was wrong was the boots. Because there's one mm. scene where like he puts his boots up and it's the post-war V-sold that are incredibly hard to find, by the way, now because of hikers and stuff destroying them in the 90s. Mm. But yeah, that was the only thing that I saw that was like, okay, I know those the V-soles weren't there, but everything else, I mean, it looked good. Uh, some of the sateens had zippers and stuff, which I know that was not really a, a thing. Um, I'll, bring, I'll bring up the first technical... Uh major fuck up is they were using like 80s steel pots because they had the panama era chin straps on oh that's right All yeah yeah and so that mm-hmm. that's a very technical thing and in 2000 you could still you could still find those chin straps and those steel pots with the vietnam era chin straps on that about no- dirt cheap knowing about it yeah dirt cheap yeah. you know they they were everywhere um i was buying shells like that for 20 bucks in like 07 08 so, right. Yeah, so know. yeah, it's like that. That to me is inexcusable. That was just the uh, advisor, or whatever, or the costume designer, just not giving a shit. They had pretty much everything else was okay, but it's like that, and like it's not just one or two guys had it. It's everybody had them, and I'm like, what? Yeah. What? The, what the fuck are you doing? Like they ordered from the wrong people. Yeah, and and they just yeah. didn't catch that. Whatever. So that's a very technical thing, but. Um, yeah, it's a lot of the shit was also very um, kind of, I don't want to say cliche. It wasn't cliche. It was, well, it was because, okay, so we'll just go to my second note. So when they're when they're actually doing this, some training with the sergeant who is, um, I forgot the actor's name. Uh, he's Van Alden. He's, he's a fucking really prominent actor. Um, he's Van Alden in uh, Boardwalk Empire. I'll say this while we're oh, here. They're talking about the radio, the, the radio part. Yes. Okay. So what, Brian? I'll, yeah. I'll say this well, while right here. So well cast. So many yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking yep. insane stars are in this. I was yeah, shocked yeah. by that. Yeah, Holy and, good and we'll get to that too. Yeah. Amazing. The acting. Yeah. I actually didn't have a problem with the acting at all. So, um, so yeah. Uh, what's what's his name, Mike? But you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Jesus Christ, I'm trying. Yeah, to think. just uh, if, Michael Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so him when he's at that scene and he's teaching these guys about how to torture people and like how to do that shit. You, I'm sorry. You're not going to learn that in fucking basic or AIT. That's something that they do over like overseas. Yeah. If, <laughs> totally if happened, they do it, but yeah, if, yeah, but they're yeah. not going to, they're not going to be wasting that, that time on privates and infantry fucking AIT. They're not going to be. And, I'll, yeah. I'll, 
I'll defend it because I think that guy was like a sadistic fuck. I think that was like the point. He was like, I'm going to show these guys something, you know, like like something, uh, you know, extra. Like, I think that that was kind of the point of that whole thing. But well, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's 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 not even at that point in 71. You got a lot of people that were in Vietnam. He was he's got a 900 division combat patch on um, and all that stuff. But like. <sighs> I. I just still think that's realistic. Um, but okay. anyway, that's that's my opinion. I it, maybe it happened. Maybe it, right. I mean, you never know. Nothing is absolute. But it's but, just uh, it's just that seemed to me more of that it was written in to like kind of illustrate how fucked up things got in Vietnam and that oh yeah that whole it like is. you know that whole tying fucking nodes to people's nuts and everything. It's I mean, how often that really happen? You know, I I know it happened because I know guys that talk. Yeah, about it. for sure they talk I, about it. But I how know much one guy that happened. Oh, incredibly rarely. But I, right. I've even heard about that during the Second World War as a thing. That, oh, you want well, yeah. even the Germans? Like, oh, you want to fucking interrogate somebody? It, it, it's a really quick way yep. to, to have a spark. I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't think it would feel like it'd be wasted. Um, Although here, here's I, the thing: can I can I ask you guys about this? Yeah. Now, was that a radio or a field phone? That field they phone. Were using? Field phone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, now does it matter if it's either or? Does it work with both or like? It won't what? work with the radio because you don't you can't charge a radio. Radios are on the back. You can only talk yeah. to radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay. on one of the field phones, you disconnect the leads. You can charge it up. You can get the charge lead. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But it's that's still... how the bell because when you crank it, that's how the bell rings on the other end because you're making a charge. Right. 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 Yeah. Yep. No, so, I get that. I just mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that that's why that's why it was kind of weird. They fucking hurt. Because like if you fuck up connecting it, you get jolted too. Oh, the, there. That's actually no joke. That part of it, like that fucking hurts. That's why you're defending. Because you've actually experimented with this. You know, had a little bit of drinks, hey, you know, CBT, you know, saw a couple things, and just oh, let's see how bad this really hurts. Crank her up, bud. Hey, I know a guy. Long story short, I know a guy that uh, tempted somebody that was really waterboarded. People, he got drunk. He's like, I can get waterboarded. And he's like, No, you won't. And anyway, yeah, he lasted about half of a second. So yeah, oh, <laughs> waterboarding. No way. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I can, I can make it longer than the KSM. He's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. And he didn't. <laughs> so, you know, like. No. But, uh, but I know I can, yeah. I, I can take that as a valid criticism. Um, I accept that scene because I think with that character, it's supposed to, because like, not only is he like, kind of like enjoying telling these guys about this, then he like, kind of does it just to one of them. Like, and then he's kind of like, yeah, okay, go, go ahead. Well, he like, actually, he actually, like he says, didn't even him. touch you. You know, he just freaked him out. Right. Yeah. But, um, and so no, he's like, man, what a fucking asshole. Well, but like, here's, Jesus, here's the thing with know. that. So I will comment on this whole thing because I can relate to it. And I'll, I'll explain this. Having being in, in 71 is like me being in, in like 08 and 09, right? It's coming to an end. But the guys who are training you have been there and they've already done that. They've got two and three and some of them four tours underneath their belt. They're fucked up. They've got problems themselves. Big problems, right? And it's really fucking scary to be on these guys when you do something that triggers them that they saw and they just fucking go off on you. And you don't know why. You're like, well, this isn't normal. But like, they're just fucking going off. And they actually... It's this is what started in Vietnam, by the way. The modern, like what what I went through as uh, in two thousand eight, was the very tail end of like the Vietnam era. We have draftees, we have people that don't want to be here. We're gonna fucking scream at them. We will beat you into fucking submission. They didn't beat us, right. but they still the 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 absolute like psychotic screaming, the the mental torture, the lack of sleep, this and that, and all this other shit. 
that was a runoff from Vietnam because these guys would come back and they'd become drill sergeants or drill instructors. And they would get so fucking pissed off because they would see things that, got, you know, their buddies got killed and they'd be like, fuck, they did this. And then they would go, just go off. And like, it's, it's a, it's a psychological, if anybody wants to study this psychologically, if you're, if you're going to school for psychology, which you definitely shouldn't, cause it's a fucking generic degree and won't get you for that, that far. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, anyway, um, but if you really want to get into the psychology of like how training changed from like World War One to World War Two to Korea and Vietnam, Vietnam is where it got really fucking aggressive, really aggressive. And you got these guys that, and that's what I'm saying is they portrayed this, I think, pretty well from the stories I've been told um, and all that stuff. Breaking and, news, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. What, uh-huh. What's up, dude? <laughs> Her locker is lower than Hyena Road. That's all okay. I have to wow. say. <laughs> I'm also running. We're doing a life. fucking podcast. Right oh, now. Like, I'm on zero. I'm on zero sleep. Okay, don't don't. I, I, I my judgment call is not very good right now. It we is... were literally just talking about psychotic fucking um, uh, instructors. <laughs> And like the why they're psychotic. Where's Johnny? Here's Nathan. This is yeah, that's literally when I'm at right now. So uh, you're looking like Jack Nicholson yeah, right now. Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nah, no, no. I, I thought I'd jump in real quick and um, just announce that her locker is lower than Hyena Road, and my world is over. So I'm just gonna, you know, go more. <laughs> so. And on that bombshell. Um, yeah, no. uh, sorry to derail you, you, but yeah, I just wanted to jump in. No, it's, it's all right. We're, it's not derail because you're you're proving my point exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just speaking was just of terrain, assholes. Oh wait, I am the guy from Maryland. I, shows I am up. also recording, so this will all be in here. So it's fine. Oh great, oh, perfect. perfect. So. I was gonna say, there's no Oklahoma. No, no, for this. no, no. Yeah. This is fucking staying in. Not when he's the I, editor, <laughs> Mike. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Okay. I <laughs> look at you. Look, look at me. Look, look at me. I am the captain now. Look at me. (laughs) I am the captain. Sure, sure. This is me right now. Okay, okay. So Hurt Locker's got less than Hyena Road. Okay. Yeah, and and not even giving Hurt Locker a five pulled it out of that. It was a three. It was a two point. Fuck. What was it? It's like a two point four six or yeah something like that. And Hyena Road was a two point six five. Oh or something God. close to that. I was listening to that because I've been having to do anything just to keep myself sane, and I was re-listening to everything, and I went, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> so I've derailed it properly right now. So uh, how, how's the movie? How's the movie? We're discussing it. Yeah, it's um, Tigerland. I like bad. it way better than these fuckers. Really? I actually kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I. Yeah, I like I, it too. I, I did watch it, but I mean, like, you know, anyway. All right, I'll shut the. I'll get the fuck out of here. I've derailed you long enough. Sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. Go, Thank go you back so in much your cave. I mean, if you want, if you want, if you want, if you want to take a break for the like fuck 10 back minutes, in the can... hole. Get the fuck back in the hole, editor. Go. Fucking go. No, so we can, we can, we can, uh, we can do ten minutes if you want to just take a little break from what you're doing. And I was talking about the fact that you know there's things that I didn't like, but the th- one of the things I did like was the fact that this takes place in '71, so all the instruct or the dr- uh, drills. Well. Okay, I don't understand why they weren't drill sergeants because the drill sergeant badge was in the state in 1958, the pumpkin, you know, like the mm-hmm. little thing. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them are wearing uh, jungle expert badges, which is fine. You, I guess you could choose. But if you're on drill sergeant duty, I think you would. That was a Rakondo school, right? Jungle expert? Or is that different? It, no, j- jungle expert school is different. Yeah. 
Rakondo Schools. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're. I thought, they're, I thought Jungle School came out of Rakondo School. It, like, I think it did, but like I don't yeah. know the details on that. But like it's a different thing. I know that. Like there's a different patch and like yeah, uh, whatever. But yeah. so anyway, yeah, the triangle. They, and they always call these guys sergeant. And like drill sergeant was a title from like 1958 onwards for the army. But anyway, that's a little detail that I didn't quite understand why they didn't do that. Um, but uh, Nate, what I was saying is like the uh, the drill sergeants. I'll just call them that because that's what they were. Were these guys that they have? They're at combat patches. A lot of them have combat infantry badges. They're teaching infantry guys at the IT, and they've been there and done that. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking insane. Like some of them are losing their fucking minds on the privates for little things, and they're just fucking taking out their own shit on these privates. And we had similar shit go on when I went in in 2008 because these guys have been to Iraq and Afghanistan right. for the past six, you know, seven years. And they did the same kind of shit. I witnessed it. Like, it was it was insane where it's like, well, they, I don't think they deserved to get lit up that much or we didn't deserve to get lit up that much. But it's psychotic because they're dealing with their own shit. And that does come out in the film, like in Tigerland. It does come out where they're just like freaking the fuck out. Certain ones, not all of them, but they're just like really angry. The, the main bald one. Yes. Yeah, the guy with the 5th Infantry Division patch, which I actually... That was a really good touch that I like because I've never seen that in a film before. Nobody knows that fucking unit exists or was in Vietnam, and they were up on the fucking DMZ to replace Marines who got their asses stomped, and they were up there for a year and a half or two years, and the 5th Infantry Division saw some ma- major shit, and he had that patch on as his combat patch, and I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. So somebody did research, and he was the most psychotic one, and the rest of them were just kind of assholes... And then you get to the end, and that guy, um, I forgot his name, Coda. Yep, that was his name, C-O-T-T-A. He was the best one. Well, yeah, he was He was more realistic to a lot of the guys, a lot of the cadre that weren't drill sergeants when I was in basic and AIT, where they're just, like, very serious and fucking stern, and they've been there and done that, but they weren't screaming because they're not a drill sergeant, and he wasn't apparently a drill sergeant. And so that right. that was that was pretty cool, too, that he was, you could tell he was, like, but he was also better at explaining shit to the privates. You yeah. know, like he was better at going, oh, okay, I know what kind of guy you are because I was just with guys like you. So, well, that like that, his, he was my, out of all of the, the, instru- the, the, like the drill instruction, because there's a number of different ones in it. Like, I thought he was a great counter to the other ones. I love how like everyone, like the character Boz, you know, Colin yep. Farrell, he is just such a fucking like thorn and a thorn at everyone's side, all of the, you know, staff sergeants or whatever and uh you know the the captains and shit and then uh he he's always giving them shit and he's just being a fucking pain and then finally when they're out there with that guy he, he says listens. you know he's like oh he, what's that he listens because right yeah well he says him. like he, yeah he's, he he comes up at one point he's like smoking a cigarette and he's like you guys are fucking dead you fucking idiots like you know it's, it's in the middle of the night you fucking lit up a cigarette and he's like now you're all dead then he like he he boss comes in with his shit well, I'm still alive, Sergeant. And yeah, and he's like, if you're gonna make up a story, maybe make it a happy one. He goes, I ain't making anything up. You yep. know, and like he actually like gives him some real shit to where it's like he doesn't have anything to say about that. About how his friend was killed and everything like yep. that because of the same thing. I, I love that part. Yeah. That was it was not not terrible. The the psychoticness and the dynamics of the uh drill sergeants and the cadre were not bad in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So But yeah, oh my god, that the 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 bald guy. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it makes you want, like if he is just, yeah, like 
like you're saying, though that kind of, you know, like been there and now he's fucked up, or if he's just like a super psychotic, sadistic fuck, because you get that a yeah, lot. Yeah, you don't you know, know with don't that know. guy. But like Right, yeah. But it's it's a lot of guys that I witnessed that had been there and done that. They didn't go that far because they couldn't because they would get in trouble. But right. I've heard back then they probably back could. then back then it was a different story and it's like yeah it's 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 just fucked up but um yeah <laughs> so that's a part that I found okay I didn't have a problem with okay. that <laughs> yeah it was interesting how like all the instructors and stuff were vets and I, I did a little bit of research into it and I found one guy's story he went through it in sixty seven. And he was saying that um, there was these guys that were just that, like were in the VC camp that were like the most sadistic fucks you can ever imagine, and like they would they would target these guys like you know and break ankles and stuff so they would recycle and things and it got so bad that apparently by the late sixties actually removed that portion of the training, so that VC village and stuff was, was yeah. not a thing, um, which I thought was interesting. It literally was because they were just fucking up too many people. <laughs> so, Nate, you want to yeah. throw some thoughts in? Fuck no. <laughs> no. Fuck no. I, You're just listening. Dude, I, I, and yeah. no, I, got, I got nothing to say other than the fact that I liked the movie 10, 15 years ago and I watched it again and I liked it, but that's literally all my brain can do right now. So I'll, 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 okay. I'll, I'll 100% just say, no, I got nothing to say other than I like it because I should fuck off now and I should go continue to go work because I can't do editing. I can't do audio work while listening to you fucking schmucks. So, oh my God. Yeah. so I'll I'll get the fuck out of here. But I go just find a face. fucking eight ball, dude. Go find uh, an eight ball. Get get out of here, you fucking southern. You know, it's better here without your plantations. And you know, well, now nah, you know. I my brain. goal is to derail the podcast, and so I did it uh, effectively. So you derailed your own podcast. Wait a minute. Good work. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. Uh, you just got up to put your headphones back in. You didn't have. You didn't just plug in your headphones, uh, did you? I got up okay, to okay, this. Okay, okay. I was, ab- <laughs> I I like, was about does, to say, does you're, your... if you just put in your fucking headphones, I'm going to... He's had a salty. good. <laughs> okay, I've derailed enough. Uh, see you fucks later. I'll get it. <laughs> right. See ya. See ya. And mysteriously as he appeared, he disappeared. All right, yep. so... I He's actually, gone. We actually got some, some of my uh, bullet points knocked out in that whole conversation about the, <laughs> the guy from, um, you know, the, the, the drill sergeant that's wearing the fifth infantry combat patch, um, beating that guy and like making him eat dirt and all that shit and just going fucking psychotic. So yeah. I, I definitely have heard of that. And so, um, even like, even the, the captains and the, the other sergeants are like having to tell him to stop sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. What, you know, what's like funny is that- like the, in the, in the, in a training environment, well, in a usual environment, the the officers are not going to be enacting discipline directly, right? Uh, they're going to talk to their NCOs and all that shit. But yeah, if they say get the fuck off, like that's enough. Yeah, you, you you're you're done. Um, so and then with with the scene of the guy zapping, so um, uh, was it Michael Shannon? Yeah, he was wearing sergeant chevrons on his collar, right? The subdued ones, which came out in like. 66 and they started wearing him like 68 hardcore he's not gonna be wearing subdued collar chevrons and colored uh shoulder chevrons on his fucking uh satines it's not gonna happen mm. so just another little technical thing but like uh yeah other than that it's um i'm only got a couple more notes but you if you ever ask an nco especially in basic training 
or AIT, why? You're fucked. <laughs> and what what what, uh, what it was are it you was um to? it's uh they're they're in their barracks, and the uh, black drill sergeant, the big guy, um, I forget, oh, yeah. I forgot his name, um, he's telling him to do something, or he's telling him to arrest the guy, right? Yep. And then he goes, Colin goes, why? That's that's like grounds at that point to get fucking your shit just fucking rocked in. You ask why in the military, especially in combat arms, you're fucked. Like, don't do that. And that yeah. wouldn't fly, but then it was like a discussion, and I'm like, okay, I get it. So, and then we'll yeah. move on to the it, next it's, scene. It's a, no, I was just saying, it's it just every scene is like, you know, th- there's no scene in this movie really where like, it feels like they're coming together as a unit. It's very, uh, it's, it's very, uh, awkward and uncomfortable the whole way through, which, uh, and that's still true. I to this it. day. It's like, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of yeah. units that just never fucking did it. We ended up like my unit ended up getting along at the end or not getting along, but like working together at the end. Cause we got sick of getting fucked up for not working together. Mm-hmm. But, um, the other some units, I've heard people that have been through basically IT and they're like, yeah, we just, it was just a shit show the whole way through. Like nobody got along. Nobody worked together. It yeah. was fucking terrible. So that is pretty realistic as well. So. Yeah. It was very, uh, there's, there's this like, well, and it goes with the theme of the Vietnam war. There's this theme of just all is lost, you know, throughout the whole thing is that these guys are never going to like become a great unit or anything. And you know, it's, it's, they're not going to become band of brothers, you know? And I, yeah. I love that feel about the whole thing. I love how cynical it is, you know, and just, uh, yeah. Um, what, one scene that I, I am curious about in terms of like how, how they used to do things back then they're doing a, uh, I know there's a name for it, but they're crawling and they're shooting an M60 like yeah, over their the heads. live fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so would, would they actually do that? Yeah. Cause I've heard conflicting things. On yeah, that. they did. Okay. They did that up until, okay. um, the nineties actually, from what I've heard. Well, even even some early two thousands guys, like early G Watt guys, said that they did that with like sixties or two forties. Um, we didn't do that because they were. It's just you lose a lot of guys, and it's very very fucking dangerous and very expensive. And it's to, it's to give you like the feeling of being in combat and shit going over your head, which it does. But like, <clears throat> dude, even if you're shooting across. And you hit a rock or something, and something ricochets back and hit somebody, and then you just wasted yeah. all that fucking time and money on a trainee. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, yes, back then um, they did that shit. Okay. I had a I had a buddy who was a reenactor before he went into the army. It was eighty nine. He went in, and um, he was a reenactor. And in reenacting, they have people that don't want to have real machine guns or can't afford real machine guns. They make fake ones, and they're called gas guns. And they use propane and a spark, and they simulate kind of a machine gun. Not usually, not well. Very rarely do they sound like what they're trying to replicate. But anyway, he was a reenactor for few years, and he goes into basic training, and he's in basic, and they're doing that thing. And he's like, "Wait a minute, those aren't real. Those are fucking gas guns." Right. So in his experience, when he did it, they were shooting these gas guns at the guys as they were going under, and everybody was afraid, like, "Oh my god, they're really shooting at us!" And they were. It's just it was all simulation, but. He was just like that. That's a fucking propane gun. Like that fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry used that back in Fort Town Gap. Like you know. <laughs> so that was the funny thing for him, and that was in '89. Yeah, um, and it could, they could have been so, gas guns all along. And it's like again, you're getting the guy's perspective. No, of, they use. Oh yeah, they definitely used real ammo. At least Vietnam World War II. But yeah, I don't know what changed. But it's funny how yeah. like 
you know, it was definitely a practice and it tapered off from the Cold War at some point or right after. Yeah. Um, I don't know when either. But, but yeah, yeah. It's, like you said, it's super expensive. All that brass, mm-hmm. looking, you know, it's not 1942 anymore. <laughs> like you, Lake City's not pumping out shit for fun. Right. So, right. So. But um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, training is the same, but it's different. I mean, I feel like back then, you know, you could get a lot more physical with people. And I, we touched on yes. that, like Devin and stuff and, and the different cultures in the armies. When we talked about Canadian army versus American army and things. Um, but no, the, the training was good. And I thought it was funny where like uh, he was shooting. Um, I forget the name of his character. Uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, yeah, Boz. Uh, Boz, yeah. yeah. They're fucking Boz. And he's shooting and he's missing all the rounds. And they're like, oh, you kidding shit. And he's like, oh, we're shooting the kill. And he fucking five bullseye. Right. Right. the bullseye, yeah. So, yeah. yeah he, now, he says, I, I do believe killing, you know, pleases you, Sergeant. Yeah. Now, um, I think they would have had butts, though, probably. And they would have had, like, an actual shooting range, I think. I don't think it would have been like that when they walk into the targets, but I'm not sure. Butts are, are this whole thing where, like, you know, there's a range and they, the targets go up and down. And no, so that, that's a, that's a, so I don't know when they changed the targets up, but, like, that's a, it's a 25 yard zeroing range is what I thought they were on, right? Because, yeah, you do 25 or 25 meters or yards. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's 25 something because I did that. And the targets are a lot smaller. They're not like the big long range qual targets. They might have gotten that part wrong. Uh, again, I don't know enough about it to like be definitive. But no, if you um, if you're on a range and you're, you're zeroing, you're at 25 yards or meters or I know somebody listening is going to be like, it's fucking yards or it's fucking meters. I, I close enough at that close of a distance. But uh no, that's when you zero your, your your sights, and then you go out and you do the crazy Ivans we call them, and um, but no, so that's not unrealistic to like be shooting a target that close, but not for qualification. So, yeah, that's been the system because um, I, I, you know, again, I have not been through any AIT or basic. Or, did you go through AIT, Mike? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a buddy. I don't. Th- I think he went through it at Polk too. But, um, no, ours was called OSIT, yeah. one station unit training. So you go through basic training and then yeah. you get like a 36 hour break in between. And then you go to your AIT, which is with your same drill sergeants in the same barracks, your same bed and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and ours was 16 weeks. So it's as long as theirs was, except they got breaks and they got leave in AIT, or like weekend mm-hmm. passes and shit. We didn't. It was like we had 10 weeks because they extended basic from nine weeks to 10 weeks while we were down there. Fun little present. And um, and then it was uh, six weeks for infantry uh, AIT, but it's all with the same. We didn't go anywhere else. That's why they, they did it at Benning. So in, in Vietnam, though, they or during Vietnam, they had so many fucking people going through that they had basic at one place and AIT at the other. Bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Eight weeks of basic and then eight weeks of AIT for infantry, and they would send them different places, and then they established that. Well, we can do this at one place for infantry, you know. We can do this at one place for combat engineers. We can do this at one place for, you know, armored crewmen, you know, like all that shit. And so that's where OSIT came from. But, yeah, it's like back then they would send them to, like, weird places for their AIT. And they made them a separate thing. But it, oh, wait a second. That's probably why they were sergeants and not drill sergeants. I'm just thinking, yeah, okay. Because it's an extended course. It's, it's, it, it's your AIT, yeah. and they separated it a lot more than mm-hmm. nowadays. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. So that, I know, people that probably listened to me at the beginning were probably, like, screeching what I'm just saying. That's probably why all of them were sergeants and not drill sergeants. 
because they're teaching, a, a, like, fucking, if you go to comm school, right, you've got sergeants teaching. You don't have fucking drill sergeants. Okay, yeah. okay, never mind. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's why they're wearing the helmets and not the brown rounds. Okay, or the campaign covers, sorry, campaign hats. Um, yep. That makes a lot more sense because they're wearing the, the helmet liners. And also, they got this detail really cool is the 4th Army was designated with training troops, specifically at Fort Polk. In, during the Vietnam time period, right, from the 60s to the 70s. And so that four-leaf clover thing you see on their helmet and they're wearing there on the unit patch, that's accurate because that's the unit that they would have been assigned to to train these guys. So that's actually a really good detail they got, right? And then on the, on the the you see on the left side of their helmet liners, like the sergeants, they have infantry. Or I, th- I thought I saw one cross saber, so that's cavalry, but, like, still it's pretty similar. Um to, to, to denote like their their branch or whatever and how they're training, so yeah. Okay. I hadn't even yeah, thought. I, of that. I didn't yeah. even think about that. I, I didn't even think about that. How none of them are wearing like di hats and stuff like that. Um, I never even thought about that. Yeah, so well, I hadn't cool. either. I was like, why aren't they wearing the pumpkin patch? Like that's a, it's called like the, the drill sergeant patch. It's like, well, they're not drill sergeants; they're just training sergeants, and that's why. So that, that makes a lot of sense now. Yep. So I, re- I, I, I retract my statement that I said earlier about I didn't understand why they weren't drill sergeants because now I kind of get it because it was separate. Right. See, ours, again, and, and shortly after the Vietnam War, this, this is like in the 80s, the early 80s, they would do the OSIT thing and you go through with your same drill sergeants the whole fucking cycle if you were doing like infantry, combat engineers or something like that. And so they would be drill sergeants the whole way through. But yeah, back then, and even nowadays, like if you're not a like a OSIT person, yeah, okay, cool. Anyway, I'll stop spinning the wheels right. on that one. <laughs> That's cool though. Um, I, I again, like I love the technical shit like that. I'm a, very much a novice when it comes to this era, but uh, very cool. It's a weird, weird one. <laughs> Early seventies Vietnam is very or Vietnam War is very well because it's so close to modern day. Like it still really is. And a lot it's like a mesh between World War II and the modern and stuff. it yeah. influenced so much shit from nowadays and now we're getting into another phase where it's like that shit's kind of going away yeah with caseless ammunition and everything it's going to be very interesting to see where you know, militaries go well and like here's the thing is like we were told too and I agree with this is we're always training for the last war and our last yep. big one was Vietnam you know and I, I I'd say now our last big one was she walked 20 years sure well, that, that's what i mean so but when i was yeah. going through our last big one yeah like to catch up with all the tactics and technology and shit was vietnam and we were learning when i was in we were learning vietnam shit how to fight out in the jungle and fight out in the woods and survive with the modern like how to spot an ied how to be on a foot patrol how to be on a a mechanized patrol and all that shit and spot ieds and react to an id blah blah, blah. it was a combination of both and i think now you're right i think we've kind of like they still teach people how to like survive in the woods and shit and do land navigation and blah de blah, but it's it's we're getting more towards GWATs kind of going to be the standard. There was a funny joke I saw earlier this year because everything going on in Ukraine and things, and they're like they're painting the Humvees green. Fuck, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're changing conflicts. You know, we're, yep. we're looking into new new territories. Um, but uh, it, it, it's interesting. You know, you have this big cultural shift after a big event like this, and especially an event where there's no outcome really it's just it happened you know and so i really think that's a that's a very good parallel you know 1970s u.s army to 
20 mid 2020s u.s army well uh, specifically early 70s early 70s because the late 70s was a different army too they had, yeah, they had, they had a lot of shit going on where their recruitment and retention rates were fucking dismal right because the draft right. was over they didn't people just didn't want to fucking be in because of the war and everything and it was also still the same guys that were in vietnam trying to train like that and then they kind of yeah, it was just weird but like the early 70s know, the war uh, is still raging it's still going on mm-hmm. you know in 71 the war yeah. was still pretty hot and heavy in vietnam it was pretty pretty much there yep but you're right though you do have the same cadre in the late 70s that you have like in this film yep. you know vietnam war vets and everything high, a little higher rank up you know e8s and sevens and shit but like um but you still have you have worse cadets you know, it's like, so it's similar in a way, but it's totally different in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. And just to, to read it, I knew a guy, um, life for 20 years. <laughs> he went to Reconda school, finally gets to Vietnam. I forget what group he was in. First mission out, they're going, they're walking like 10 feet. He slips down on a ravine, breaks his pelvis. That was ah, his Vietnam. Fuck. He comes home. And so he, but he stayed in the army, you know, yeah. way it goes. And he tells the story. He was at Wainwright in Alaska in the late seventies. And, you know, they talk about magnet. Uh, the Mac, uh, what is it? I always fuck it up. McNagnamara's idiots. Mac- they say, McNamara's you know, like, idiots. Yep. Yeah, McNamara's idiots. Well, after the war, nobody wanted to join the military because of Vietnam, so they lowered the standards even more. And so he had the story where he was at Wainwright. It was the winter and stuff, and they had a chow call, so everybody went out to get chow. And uh, so they're coming back, and that night they found a body. And what happened was this guy went out to get chow, and he came back to his barracks, and the door was locked. So instead of trying the other door or something, he's waited there for somebody to open the door. Yeah. And it's Alaska in the winter, and he fucking froze to death waiting for someone to open the door because he didn't have enough brains to try to use another door. McNamara's morons, not idiots. It's McNamara's morons. Morons, yep, yeah. It flows better. Uh, but yeah, that's... that's but that, that's 78, 79. That, these right. things were not so well, uncommon. Yeah, because they lowered because the standards just, so much because nobody was joining yeah. after 75. Like, nobody. Exactly, you know. and But you still have the guys that, like, the cadre from this in charge of those dudes. So it's like the same atmosphere, the same guys dealing with problems, the same everything, but just shittier cadets, you know, and it's, it's, it's very interesting. It wasn't until the eighties Grenada where like, you know, the military really started to be professional again. Well, it, it actually, it, just, yeah. it wasn't like it, it, I don't think it, mm-hmm. I don't actually think our military ever, this is my personal opinion. It's don't fucking jump on me. People that are listening. I don't think we recovered after Vietnam. I think, I think the U S military, because that was, see, here's the thing. Here's why is that was the first war where there was a draft or I'm sorry, not the first war, the last war where, the, where there was a draft. Okay. But there was also the geopolitical and media attention on this where everybody was kind of like in the know. And then they finally went, Oh, being in the military is not actually a good thing. It's not good. Fuck this. The military is just something that we're just, they're just going to send us to this war that we don't, we, we lost. And it's like, well, you know, we won the Second World War, you know, or so we think, whatever, short term. We, we, we won that. Korea was just completely forgotten about. Nobody gave a shit about that because everybody was in their fucking fantasy land of, whoa, oh, life is Police so good. Action. Well, it was life yep. is so good. They're so distracted. Like, they don't give a shit. Vietnam, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all the people that were, didn't give a shit about Korea because they were kids going to fight this. They come back and they go, yeah, it's not what you think it is. Like, what are we doing there? Like, what the fuck? Combined with the media being almost immediate there. And so you had that, and I don't think the military has recovered from that. Even, even they tried with, with after like post 9 11, they tried and they succeeded for a bit, but it's, I think it's even worse now. 
because there's two big fucking or three if you want to count I reckon Afghanistan as separate but I count them as the same I count them as the GWAT the global war on terror um, there's two massive massive really easy to identify fuck ups if you actually look at them where the US military was used for eh, let's just say sketchy agendas like why are we there and it started in Vietnam and there was this this mentality of well, we got to train because we might have another war like this again. And then we didn't. And then blah, blah, was infighting. It's such a complex issue. And I just think that was like a really big blow. Like that was the beginning of the end of like this. We can assemble fucking 4 million troops in, in a year, you know? I think that was the end of that because people are seeing through the bullshit. And this tra- this training, uh, this film, like to, to bring it really quick before you go, I just want to bring it back. So I'm not just on a tirade. Is this kind of shows the beginning of that mentality of this is fucking stupid. It's not worth it. We we got to figure out a way to get the fuck. Like it's just dumb. Like it's not what we think it is. We're here and we don't want to be here and blah blah blah. Except for a couple of people, but then they realize whatever. So I think that was a huge problem that started in the, we'll say the early 70s. No, I, I agree. I feel like a pivotal point for the U.S. military is what it is today is 1965. Because, you know, before that, it was, like you said, like the military was like a respectable thing. Like, you know, I just read a really good memoir about the American POWs in the Philippines, Second World War. Half those guys joined the military because of the oppression or because of whatever reason. Like that was a viable, good option. At the time, you know, today you have some people that want to join the military, like, you know, pay off loans or whatever, or very rarely a situation where they're escaping something. But like, it's just not that it's not what it it was. It wasn't this, you know, organization where it's like it's actually really beneficial to your life and it's going to be good. All you hear from vets is the fuck the green weenie don't go in, you know, like it's just it's horrible. And and yeah, it really did start to die in 65, 66, 67. Like we were talking about earlier, like the. There's two Vietnams, in my opinion. You get the guys in green fatigues, you know, pre-Huey, and then you get the guys post-Huey where it's like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, you know, and I'm going to do everything I can just get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, that's really where the mentality begins, and it, it has not gotten better. You know, things like 9-11 or whatever, it's patriotic, you know, I want to go fight for my country. But they're saying that this year is the first time that they're going to question an all-volunteer force because, you know, between obesity and everything else, there's so many little people that qualify to be in the military and three quarters of them don't want to join. So we really are at a point now where it's like, okay, there's no professionalism left. Nobody wants to do it. And it's very much like, I'd say, but this point by the, like the mid seventies after Saigon, you know, cause we're a year after the fall of Kabul. So it's basically 1976, yep. you know? Um, so it's a little later than this. You know, I feel like this movie is perfect for, probably 14, 15, 16, a little after you're in where it's like, really, this is stupid. This is 15 years of, of going over here for nothing. Mm-hmm. The surge and everything, Obama surge and shit. Like, Oh my God. But, um, no, it, it's, it's very interesting. And it, it's a 50 year old problem. It's now really coming to fruition, you know, because if you can't keep your numbers, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to lessen the military. You're going to have selective service. I and mean, what are your options? <laughs> so if nobody wants to join, you either force them or whatever, you know, um, but it's very interesting. And to end this whole rant is, it also is funny that Dodge is ending their Challenger and Charger 
<laughs> you know, you know, fucking uh, things next year. That's the meme that's been circulating. They're like, oh, you know, nobody wants to join the army because you know you can't buy a charger for twenty five percent APR off base anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, to bring it back to the film, it's. Yeah, I, I didn't I, see any car dealerships outside of Polk in this film. That was strange. <laughs> you just saw bars <laughs> with scantily clad yeah, women. Right. <laughs> a lot of fucking going on. A lot of fucking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, fucking. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I guess to get the overall like vibe. Fifty Shades of Tigerland. Fifty. Sh- <laughs> I'll show you forty nine. Fifty Shades of Olive Drab. Yeah. But no, it's like to, to the overall like thing. I think we kind of nailed it. Is like it shows the beginning of the end of like the patriotic rah rah join the fucking military shit until post nine eleven. It's the FTA. Fuck the army. Yep. Like, I, I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to be here. And I'm not going to be here for long. So, you know. There's some people that want to be there, but it's it's not the numbers that there were in 65 that want to be there, you know? Yeah. Well, even during the film, the guy's talking about going to Mexico. Right. And, shit. and it's like, you know, there, there were guys. That, think of all the Vietnam vets and stuff that, like, went to Canada. It's like, whoops, you know, well, bad decision. They weren't, they weren't Vietnam vets. They were. Sorry. Well, well, there were some guys that like were halfway through basic. They just got busted. Right. Yeah. No. You know? So they were. They were. But, yeah. I say draft dodgers. I actually, the more I look upon that, I'm like, good for you. Like, good for you because you didn't fucking go because you thought it was fucking retarded, and you ended up being right, even though everybody yeah. else said you were wrong. I. I agree. I just draw a line with people that like revoke their citizenship, and you that's sure. Fine and then, me, but it's like uh, that's yeah. stupid. I have a problem with that you too. Know? It's 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 weird, but yeah. like yeah, it's. But what do you? I mean, yeah. What do you do anyway? Um, but that it's that's addressed in the film. Yeah, you're so we can actually talk about that. But like it's. Well, yeah. I, There's a deserter in the film or attempted. I, mean, I just you know, when, when everybody's like you know, oh, this certain person, you know, this certain celebrity was a draft dodger. Fuck them. I'm like, so, like. Did <laughs> oh yeah? Did anybody in your unit like desert or leave when you got back or before or whatever? No, we had a. It's very rare. We had a, we had a guy very at the rare. end of our basic. He wasn't in my platoon, but he made it through the whole fucking thing. And then two days before we actually graduated, he went AWOL and they caught him. And then all that shit. I'm like, what? You couldn't just wait three fucking days. There was a my buddy was two five oh four. He was in Afghanistan 14, 15, came back in 15, end of the fighting season. And um, what do you call it? There was a guy in their unit that just, they got back to brag and he never came back from block leave. And yeah. Gone. And then like a year later, that somebody like found a porno of him. Like, and he was apparently this huge gay porn star. <laughs> and, like, he wow. just got back from Afghanistan, took his BAH and said, fuck it. So and, who, uh, who found know, the porn? That's what I would question. Well, that was the funny thing. I was like, bro, like, so you're not, you, you don't question the source. Right. You just questioned, you know, the, uh, the evidence. Ooh, like, okay, but He's a rump ranger. Yeah. I, f- I found him through sources. It's like, well, what, the source obviously had to be the guy what in the unit. Yeah. What are your sources, sir? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Hey man, I don't know if you guys have been to brag, but all American way is a fucked up place. <laughs> oh yeah. That's it's, why. Uh, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm proud it. to be a nasty girl. Yeah. Cause I never had to go through that, that extreme of bullshit. Uh, but I, I was never in, but I, I've had my stays at Bragg for like, I could, uh, again, I can't, but it's like, I've been to Sharkies. I've been around fucking, it's fucking, it's uh yeah. It's no, a place. no desire to ever go to it's Fayette. No, 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 exi- no desire. Vietnam, as they yeah. say. So. Um, all right. So next, I only have two more technical uh, things. They're not that bad. 
The one is when they're walk when they're actually in Tigerland, and then like the one guy is like, "I gotta take a piss," and he goes out with his machete into the woods as they're on a march. I'm like, "No, that's that's not the way it fucking works." Like, I'm gonna take a piss. It's like, no, that's not gonna be allowed. A, B, whip your cock out and piss. Just piss off the trail so nobody has yeah. to walk through. It if you're if you're courteous enough, if you're a real asshole, you whip it to the left and piss in the middle of the trail <laughs> where everybody's walking. But yeah, that's not gonna fucking happen, especially in the infantry. Like even in training, no. Um, yeah. The last one is you don't salute NCOs unless it's like a certain formation situation. And this was done several times through the film. Sometimes being a smart ass, yes, but they would react and be like, don't fucking salute me, you fucking piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. But at the end when he's like, he does that, get on the bus and then the NCO salutes him back, I'm like, no, nah, it's, that's not going to happen. Then he gives him the middle finger. Yeah. yeah, like you would just do this if you're like going to salute an NCO that you didn't like, you would just immediately start with that. Yeah. And then whatever. But uh, that, that's the only two technical things or the, okay. the last two. So. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I find this movie to be uh, a bit underrated in my opinion. Uh, not a lot of people know about it. So uh, I, I highly recommend it. I think it's really, I think, it, like I say, it's like the antithesis of most uh, war movies that really try and, you know, like, yes, it's hard and it's terrible and everything like that. But, you know, at the end, at the end it's, you know, it's a good thing. I, this movie seemed very anti that in my opinion, Yeah, you know, um, it, uh, what I liked a lot about it, um, it seemed very like kind of, you know, uh, calling out a lot of the bullshit that comes in the military, you know, and like, I, I, I like, uh, the, the scene where, uh, that is during the live fire scene and, uh, Boz is, you know, refusing to get up and everything like that. And the, 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 the black dude, uh, comes up and, you know, he's like screaming at him and he says like, He's like, he says something like, Mother, like I'm going to fucking kill you, son, or something. And he looks, he's like, Sergeant, you're not going to kill me. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do, but you're not going to kill me. It's like the whole thing about like, they're always screaming how they're going to rip your head off and stuff like that. It's like, no, you're not. You know, <laughs> I like that, that aspect of it, how it's just like calling that bullshit and everything. Yeah. He'd probably get NJP'd or get like another article 15, but they don't want him to do that because then he'll just go back and he'll stay out. Yeah. Like, you know, they said, but like, I mean, in real life, yeah, you'd just get NJP'd, but with him, they would... I don't know what the fuck they would What's NJP? Non-judicial punishment. So it's like, oh, it's okay. like anything below a court-martial that you get. Yeah. Is, no, he's going to get a Gomar. What's the... General order or something. It's when a general dresses you down and you have to reply to it. Oh. Never heard of that. General oh. officer... Uh, something uh, I heard about it like a few weeks ago, but yeah, some sort of mil- military thing, faggotry. But... but like, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's when a one star or above think calls you out, and you have to like form. Oh, uh, dude, to do that, you have to literally like kill somebody or do something horrendous. Je- well, it's I just know about it because it's happening now with people that are like breaking articles for the new article. I don't know, it's article fifteen or what? Is, no, not what that. article? The, the new dress code or whatever. <clears throat> oh, six seventy dash one. Some guys got like yeah. Some guys got a Gomerd for fucking six seventy one six seventy dash one violations like a few weeks ago, and it's all over U.S. What the fuck page and stuff, and it's so stupid, you know. Yeah, that's again. Whenever we talk about this kind of shit, I just post that meme of Merle Dixon from fucking Walking Dead, <laughs> drinking out of a fucking liquor bottle in his car, surrounded by fucking zombies, and it just says, "So fucking glad I'm out." Like, yeah, that's it, man. It's like it. Oh God. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I mean, the bullshit hasn't really changed much. It's, I don't know, like, yeah, in this film, it's like, 
some of the guys want to be there. Most of them don't. Another thing too is like the draft. It's not as prevalent as people would think like during Vietnam, like for going to infantry and stuff like, yes, it did exist. Yes. There were a large number of people who were drafted. I get that. But like, when everybody thinks that everybody in Vietnam or most of the people in Vietnam were drafted, most people fucking volunteered because they didn't want to just wait for the draft and whatever, or yeah. certain reasons. It's the second world war. I'm going to join. So I don't get drafted. Right. You know? And it's like, you know, I, I had the stats on there, like somewhere I made a video about this a while back on YouTube, but, um, got a lot of kickback too, from a lot of people that have never been in the military that know more than me about stats. Yeah. And I'm like, name your sources. Well, I just know this. Well, that's not a source. I gave you a sources. You can go look it up. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, a lot of these guys in this film. It's salty there. What? It's salty there. I just, it's like, dude, look at my source and you can argue my source to me. Don't argue your opinion. Like, but Nate, you know, or but Mike, you don't agree with <laughs> you me. Call me so. Nate one more fucking time. I'm never doing this fucking podcast again. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. Anyway. You know, it's just uh, the way it goes. Nathaniel. (laughs) Nathaniel Hawthorne. It would be like fucking uh, Top Gear. It's like, if you want to be a, uh, you know, Scuttlebutt presenter, please send a a letter to 6969 Cambridge Way, London. Yes. Well, you should send a letter to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue if you want to become a uh, reader for Scuttlebutt. Because yes. we're that we're that well known and renowned, and they will definitely get you. Address it to Camilla; she'll she'll get in touch with us. So, yep, Camilla to Kamala Harris. Yeah, sorry. Um, I just got my names mixed up for a bit. I was thinking about somebody else. I swear. Uh, but anyway, no. It's uh, overall the film was like not terrible. I don't like it as much as you do, Mike. But that's okay. But yeah, it's just. It's it's far from the fucking worst. We'll we'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. I did like the lingo right. that the, the 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 sergeants were using. Like they were just right out of the gate. They're like just fucking just swearing. Just like yeah, <laughs> you know there there was a lot of like kind of hyperbolic shit. You know like the it just got repetitive. But like it's funny because like in training, your NCOs come up with with cuss words and the order of them to where it's so impressive and funny. <laughs> that you're like, I'm never going to fucking forget that, you know? <laughs> right, like, yeah. It's amazing. No, I, I've heard you use some of them. Yeah, it, it's, well, not all of that came from basic training, but, like, it's, <laughs> it's impressive, like, and they, but, like, they're so, like, oh, the fucking truck, you fucking piece of shit, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's concurrent, and that's kind of the style that they used, you know, from 1971 through, I guess it was, like, 2010 to 2011, they stopped doing that. That's what I heard from people that I know that went through. And, um, do they not really swear anymore? That's one thing I've heard. I don't know. Um, but I, cause I mean, people always like people that have gone through recently, they'll be like, Oh, it was, it was well, actually, no, I, 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 when I went through basic with black boots, you right. Know, that was a real, no, I, I, stand corrected. I actually have had a lot of people that I know, younger people I've seen them posting or, or talked to them. They said, yeah, basic and IT was easy. And I'm like, why? Like, how, how was it easy? They're like, yeah, you just do what you're told, and then you you know you just do your training and everything. I'm like, they didn't scream at you and shit. Not that bad. I'm like, okay, yeah. so I got the very back when you were in back when you were in. Did they swear at you? Oh, yeah. The first first <laughs> first day we were up there in the in the bay, they came around. They were like, "All right, so we've got this new memorandum that says we should limit our fucking swearing, right? So if any one of you fucking cocksuckers has a fucking problem with fucking swearing, and you're going into the fucking infantry, raise your fucking hand right now." Nobody raised their hand. They're like, 
good. Because we're going to fucking swear at you because that's how it fucking is. <laughs> and it was like, okay, cool. And yeah, they, they definitely, I mean, just the, yeah, it, it was very foul, the language. Okay. But I see, I was a potty yes. mouth before that, so like it wasn't like a shock to me. There were some very, oh, yeah, no, very totally. religious people that had a problem with that. Very <laughs> religious Fucking people morons. that. It's funny to me, <clears throat> very religious people who are in the military, because there are there are a lot. And I, are I some, know, like, and they're like, "Well, I want to serve yeah. my country. It's it's God's duty, or it's it's my duty to God to serve my country." And I'm like, uh, okay." I, I, Good for you, <laughs> but like you know, you know what the fuck you get involved with, you motherfucker. Like, Good for you and your fantasy land. That's uh, this is reality, motherfucker. Right, and it was just like like my squad leader was a very religious. I fight guy. for God's real army. I'm a the Roman army, you know. But uh, <laughs> right, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's funny that's culture shock for those people. You know? It is because they're just like, do they have to swear so much? I'm like, what is the problem? Like, really, it's worse. Well, you see, fuck. it's great that you grew up in a in a cornfield the size of the Pacific Ocean. But here, I didn't in grow the up in world. Iowa. Yeah. I didn't grow up in Iowa. <laughs> I mean, for people in general, I'm not talking about cheese. He's not talking to you. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know. all right. Just, just wanted to make that abundantly fucking clear. Like, you, Don't worry, cheese wheel. I'm not. I, there's a difference. There's a. I literally thought he was talking. You, you could try to make yeah, fun of funny. cheese land, and until you've had the cheese, fuck you. Like, <laughs> no, I mean seriously, yeah. It's. I, I, so, do you think if they had Wisconsin cheese curds at uh, you know, Tigerland. You think it would have been a better experience? Oh God, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know. So. Oh God, if you, if you if you gave those guys in AIT real fresh at that time, logistics were kind of a nightmare. But if you if you were to happen to overnight them in like refrigerated fucking semi trucks, and you got them cheese curds that were a day or two old, still fresh enough, I think it would be a lot better. I remember reading about the 32nd Infantry Division men that were, you know, in the swamp, the pre-mortal swamps of Buna and Gona on New Guinea, and that they were, you know, sent fresh cheese curds, and that's how they were able to, to defeat the Japanese on New Guinea. Yeah, I'm sure they were sent know? fresh cheese curds in New Guinea yeah. that were only five weeks old, you know, not a big deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit of mold. Just planes, go, planes went fast well, back As then. my grandma probably said, probably green. just cut the mold off. The cheese underneath is fine. <laughs> That's what my grandma always that was said, and she, oh, yeah. she was not wrong to be to be honest. But like, well, it's like when you watch some like real old World War II movies, and like the guy gets a fruitcake with all, with all moldiness, yeah, just cut it off, it's on the offside. Fuck it. That's like my, my. That's what the. Yeah. the go ahead. No, go ahead. Michael. No, no, go ahead, Michael. It's okay. I was just saying that there's a, that's a uh, they show that uh, a lot in the dust boat um, as yeah. time goes yep. on. It shows them cutting yeah. mold out of the bread and everything like that. Oh, we got to do that movie. That, that's a long that one, so but much. yeah, it's actually pretty good. I actually love yeah. that one. It's uh only war movie that has a techno song made out of the intro. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Well, fun fact. Literally. Yeah. That was fucking, Germany. You know? That was like actually on the pop charts that had nothing to do with the movie. Like fucking, it, it was its own success. Like it, it's just crazy. So. Yeah, I know that that one. We, yeah, we, we, we could definitely shit. do that. It's just when you, because we've been doing a lot of like one to two hour films. That fucker is long. Well, it's like long we talked haul, about, yeah. we talked about doing uh, the Thin Red Line, which is going to be. It's worth also it, you know, really long. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not as good as Das Boot. <laughs> I'll do that for I'll do it for Dave because I know it's going to be a really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, yep. Like that'll be fun. But like uh, Das Boot, I'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Das Boot is uh, the pissing on the car. Oh, this is a Vietnam movie. We won't talk about it, but Das Boot's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. Yep. I am not in the condition to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so god. I, yeah. Have you ever seen 
Have you ever seen the six-hour uh, episodic version? No, I've seen the director's cut though, which I mean, is the like the longest the... long. Yeah, yeah, but they're it's like but they, five hours. But they did. I know, make I know a... it was a TV show originally. Right, it was so. a TV show. That's what I'm talking about. Like the actual mm-hmm. episodic one has a lot more stuff in it. Hmm. Uh, it's really interesting. interesting. So yeah, I, I recommend. Yeah, I, I recommend every version of it. I think the whole thing is interesting from head to toe. But uh, yeah, good ass movie. But uh, getting back to Tigerland. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, we, we bring it back now, y'all. Derailed this fucker yeah. for yeah, fifteen minutes. Um, and... Good actors, uh, in yes. my opinion, throughout the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, I thought Amazing. the cast was solid. Yeah, everyone was great in it. And this is like when a lot of them were just nobodies, you know? It's kind of like Band of Brothers. Think of all the really good talent from that yeah, show. Yeah, like, went places and everything. You know, it's. I was shocked because I was, I was like, holy fuck. That guy's right. going to be huge in five years. That guy's yeah. going to be huge in ten years. Like, well, you know, also, and it's just. Yeah, we should also give a shout out to Joel Schumacher because this is the man who brought us Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. And uh, you watch this, and it's completely different. <laughs> so. My favorite yeah. film of his, though, was uh, Falling Down. Falling oh, Down is Falling amazing. Down is so yes. He did that. that. Yeah. Yes. He also, yeah. He, so his movies that he's most known for are Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. Falling Down, and then probably Lost Boys, the number 23. Hmm. Um, and then he did this. Yeah. Fall- this is one of his more un- unknown I'm ones. surprised. Yeah. Well, Falling Down is fucking. It's not a war movie, but like that is a. It's Daddy builds missiles to protect from the Russians. Well, okay, so another another actor that was in here is uh, Shay Wingham, right, or Wigham. Um, yeah, from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. he did such a good job in here, and like he portrays like himself, his character. Like you can see the similarities and everything, but he's totally yeah. different than he is in Boardwalk Empire. He like plays a totally different character, and that was only like a few, or that was ten years later. But like he looks. I don't know. He just, he did a really good job and he played a fucking guy that's already lost it, but he's like losing his shit even more challenging yeah. constantly and like thinks he's better. And then it's just, yeah. Oh yeah. He's a total, I mean, yeah. He, like right from the very first scene, he's got his mind made up that he hates, you know, Colin Farrell's character. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yep. And he's just, I think, I think really he kind of represents, cause there's a lot of characters in this that are very like anti-war like boss and, yeah, the black guys and everything like that. He's one of the guys who's supposed to really represent the like those psychotic serial killer fucks who go into the military, you know? And, yeah, uh, and they, they thrive. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. but uh, this guy, unfortunately, he doesn't thrive though. I mean, he's 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 not really, you know, he's not like good. You know, he he's uh he's kind of a fucking fuck up. You yeah, know, he's kind of kind of a dipshit, so. over over promising, under delivering. Right. <laughs> But but uh, good good character and yeah great performance from him. He's an underrated. Dude, actor. A lot of the or all the actors I think did a really good job. There wasn't one scene where I can remember where I was like, "That's shitty acting. Like that's forced or that's just not good." It's yeah. like no everybody everybody no matter how big or small the role was was good. And that's dude that actually does a lot for me for a film. Like it can, it can have a shitty plot. It can, the, the writing can be shit. The directing can be okay. The technical shit as long as the acting is superb and like really good that makes up for so much shit oh yeah act great actors can make or break a movie like like you know great actors can can make the movie and there there could be movies where it's like this is a solid script but the actors were so miscast that they just fuck it you know right and, uh, or you get like one or two good actors and the rest of them are all wooden you know yeah, it's like and it's fuck. Like, well, you just fuck those yeah. actors over. Like it just hey, look. It's an oak tree. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're you know it's like if an actor is just wooden, like you can, you can tell pretty quick 
people in general, it doesn't matter if you have a film background, <laughs> as long as you can appreciate films and you, you've seen them, you can tell when an actor is wooden and just not good and they just weren't in there mentally. I did not see that yeah. in anybody in this particular film. No, one uh, one guy that I I thought I really like a lot in this movie is the uh, the guy who's put in charge of the of the the company or whatever it is first. Uh, yeah, the guy from Louisiana. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I I thought he was great. Yeah. I I don't remember his name, but I've seen that actor in only like a couple other things, but uh, I thought he was he was great. I loved his character. Miter. He's like Miter. Yeah. Okay, yeah, my, yeah, he's like really trying to prove his manhood and everything like that, and uh, you know, he's he is just not meant for this. No, know? no, he's just like yeah. you should not be here, man. Like you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's fucking insane. And so, <laughs> I love the character development of that too, because he gets pissed off and he starts to fight for it. But it's like, what are you fighting for, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? So yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like. You better soldier up, boy. And it's just like you're tr- you're 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 plastic, dude. Like you know, you you, you don't got it. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was a great. I I I think the the actors and all this really carried a lot of it. I can understand like some of the criticism what what you guys have said, but uh, yeah, solid ass cast the, the whole way through. Yeah, for me, if it was cast any less, it would we would be total dog shit. Yep. Like yeah, I really feel I like it'd be bad. But the cat and the writing is good too. I have to give him that. You know, it, it was, this is a very challenging subject. You know, yeah. Vietnam War training film, because any Vietnam War subject, you have so much of it. You're so much under a stigma of a magnifying glass that you have to be very careful. You know, so I really give it to him for that. But I was blown away, and it's funny to watch this 20 years later because they're all huge stars. I mean, watching this 20 years ago, I'd be like, wow, this is these guys know what they're fucking doing. Right, right, you know? right. Like, so it's really funny because I was just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. It was it was very yep. cool to see that. So. No, they, they definitely carried it. Yeah, the, the writing was, I'd give it about an 80%, which is not not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, but it, it could have no. been better. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. And then that combined with... My name's the pusher. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah all right. Please don't. Please don't. So that, that combined... I'm following, Michael. With the good acting, um, <laughs> the superb acting, I think, actually, that's what saved it. So, you know, that... Oh, yeah. That's it, So, yeah, it's, it's, <coughs> it's not that shitty. Yeah. It's a little shitty, but uh, it's not that shitty. <laughs> I also love the uh you know we're talking about how we wanted to make our movie look. I love the uh the look of this movie where it really looks like those training films that you see from, you know, the time period. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I thought the cinematography was was perfect. It it looks so like, you know, raw and uh good good shit. It looked like it was shot with, you know, like a, you know, like a news camera or something. Yeah. Yeah, very cool, and it's that neat time too, because like you look at the newsreels from Vietnam and stuff, and they have that like almost like a like you know Kodachrome thing. And yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's less vibrant than it was earlier on, but it's just, it's very cool to see mm-hmm. that because it really makes everything pop. Yeah. Yeah, it's more real, but it's not as HD as we have it now. Exactly. It, it, yeah. The colors don't pop as much, but they also are just kind of yeah. It, it's a weird kind of trend again. It's it's transforming the old world to what we have now. You know, I think this whole this mm-hmm. whole era, and and the training actually shows that because if you saw training from like World War Two, it wasn't this like psychotic screaming and yelling and throwing people down in the mud and fucking whatever. Depending on the branch, depending on the in branch. the army, it wasn't. It wasn't from what I know. It was not like that. 
let, yeah, no, I agree. So, yep. and, uh, but then you go to Vietnam, even Korea, it got kind of, it got a little bit crazy because you had World War II vets. Again, noticing a pattern yep. here where it's so close, where it's like, you've got guys that are, because the first World War lasted for us a year and a half, right? And so you didn't have the guys going through training that had these vets coming back, training them, right? Most of those guys were all officers in the U.S. Army by the time the Second World War rolled around. You yep. know, it had been 22 and years. They were like 40-something right. at that and point. They, yeah. But, and what's funny, though, on that point, though, you know, you don't really have that type of, you know, drag-down, beat-up style of boot camp in the Army. But in the Marine Corps, it's a totally different story. Right. And it really stems from you have veterans of the Banana Wars. Right. And right. all these things. And you have very recent combat vets who's like, you don't want to fucking die? I'll tell you I don't have to fucking die, you know? So it's like this very interesting culture, and it directly stems from that experience. What does the Army have between 1919 and 1941? Nothing. nothing. They've got, they've got a couple so little tiny things, but like nothing, nothing big. But again, yeah. you, you sub a thousand guys that were involved right. in combat yeah, exactly. in 22 years. Yep. You know, like that's, and so that's yeah, nothing. that's but you in know? Vietnam it lasted fucking well, yeah. really like. But like you said, in Korea you have over two vets. In Vietnam you have Korean vets, and then Vietnam you know yeah, so early like, Vietnam you Grenada, get the Korean vets, yeah. and then. They and then you get the new and now the new you have GWAT vets. Yep, and yeah. then they come back, yeah. they rotate out. And they're like, "Hey, uh, if you're a drill sergeant for a year, you can get out early on your enlistment." Okay, fine, fuck it, I'll do it. I want out. Exactly. Yeah, and right. then they go FTA. Yep, and they become drill sergeants, mm-hmm. and they fucking you know that's not every case, of course. I'm just talking like mm-hmm. from people that I've heard say that and yeah, generalization. And you know whatever. And then some guys became drill sergeants and then went back to Vietnam because they reenlisted, which is I guess it's on their own volition, but like. It's you get these. Some guys saw, did like four or five. Tours. Right, and it's so I mean, it's like just like now. But you get these guys that are fresh, fresh, and they're like, I know where the fuck you're going. I've been there, and I'm gonna fucking make your life hell so you don't die over there. You know, and you what behind the ears, kid? Right, like fucking, and that's you know. that's that's what we had in 08 Is we had all these guys from Iraq and Afghanistan. I was at Ramadi, you piece of shit. Fucking, you want to learn? Yeah, we we had, yeah, we had guys that were in the invasion and then went back and then they. We're at Ramani, and there was um, guys who were in Afghanistan. They were um, where the fuck was that one guy? He got shot in the Kevlar through the um, through the Humvee uh, windshield. I can't remember, but anyway. Um, but yeah, all these guys like we had in our entire company, which each each um, each platoon had three drill sergeants, two at the end because the reservists stopped cycling through. We had two drill sergeants that did not have combat patches out of. Two, four, six, eight, pretty much like the whole time twenty. Yeah. We had two. And you're just one class. We're, yeah. In an army yep. of how many? Yep. Sixteen you know, weeks. Yep. And yep. it's like those guys were fucking really tough. And it was insane. But here's the thing is when we got to our units, it was that much easier because it was like, okay, we already get this. Like they already trained us for how it actually is. Cause most people that, you know, by the time we all got to our units, like I was National Guard, but like all the active duty guys that I keep in touch with, they got to their units and they were like, we've been deployed before. We're getting deployed in like a month. So here's how it's going to be. And because of the training we had from these guys and it was so hard, it was less difficult to assimilate. And that's kind of what I think the uh, the attitude in Tigerland was, was these guys are like, well, we know you're, you're probably going to Vietnam as an infantryman. There's a good chance you're going there as an infantryman. So we're going to fucking make it really difficult on you. So when you get to your unit, they'll be like, okay, we have less 
of the basic shit to do, we can get you more intricately trained on what actually goes on here so you can probably survive. And that was portrayed... That's why I say the psychoticness of it. That was portrayed pretty well. And it's not unrealistic at all because that's just how people do things in times of war. And it'll be interesting to see once GWAT's over, well, it is as a whole... It's like, do we wait 20 years and then have an entire new military trying to train? And Well, I mean, I don't want to get into geopolitics, but it, the war is either going to happen in, you know, Eastern Europe, Southeastern Europe, or it's going to happen in the South China Sea. Yep. It's just, it's just, it depends how long it's going to take. Well, hopefully it never so, fucking happens, you know, which would be nice. Oh, hopefully it never happens. But yeah. again, just reading history. No, I get it. But it's like, it's like, yeah. It's so like, defining yeah. like training and stuff, it's like, that's why I think this film's trying to get that across is like. You're at the end. Mm-hmm. We now know it's the end of the war. They didn't back then. They were like, well, we're drawing down, but it's not the end. We're losing, but it's not the end. You're going there. So here's how to survive. But it's not the end. Right. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny because I knew a few late Vietnam vets, and there was one guy I met randomly at like a show. He was an Air Force guard, and his job was to guard this uh, radar station that was in North. There's an I Corps, Northern Vietnam, yep. or Northern Southern Vietnam, yes. you know, very close yep. to the border. Yep. And they were the station where the Arclight B-52s would fly in from Guam, and they would hit that station, and then they would turn north, and they would go to Hanoi. Yeah. So it was like a it was an important weather station, you know, on the, on the track of bombing. He was there for a whole year. Crickets. Nothing. Right. Nada. He gets replaced. Two months later, the whole base is wiped out by an enemy attack in 1972. Yep. So, like, you know, it's it just funny how, like, this shit just kind of happens, but doesn't, and it's so late in the war, you know? So it's right. Like, the war's over. But you might go. War's over, but you got to be tough. And then because these things still did happen. There's a crazy story from Easter, the Easter offensive in '74, where like one Marine advisor blew up the key bridge at Quai Tri or Quai Trang and fucking stopped an NV armor call. You know, it's like right. this is a year after the last combat troops. Right, right. Quote, yeah, I should have so, said that like, with heavy quotes implied in '73 that yeah, everybody left. You know, like yeah, it's post-Vietnamization and stuff. But yep. it's yeah the war's over but you're going you're probably going over there and you need these skills and i don't give a shit what you think or feel or whatever you fucking hippie it's this is what got me through this so i'm gonna be tough on you so it's gonna get you through. yep and if you're not gonna comply so. with me it's gonna get worse so no fucking what are they gonna do send me to vietnam yeah exactly <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah nope so so well i think we've really you know beaten everything up for this so yeah is it, is it time to move on to closing statements I'm good with that cool so Ackerman what do yes. you think uh, like I say I like this movie a lot I think it is very much a uh, you know the antithesis of um, all of these kind of training uh, you know cliches and stuff like that and uh, you know all these uh, kind of archetypes that you see in movies with drill sergeants and whatnot. Uh I think it really makes the military look not fun, which I like. And um, it's, you know, pretty honest about that. And in terms of what I, you know, I don't know about in terms of like accuracy. I know we talked about there's some stuff in it that's a little messed up, but uh, felt very candid to me. And the actors all made it really believable. So uh, uh, very unique war movie. So, yeah, I, I recommend this one. I would probably give it an, uh, an eight out of ten. Mr. Birch. Yeah, it's uh it, it it tackles a subject that's not really talked about at all because again, like we were talking about, there's a thousand movies about the Vietnam War. Like, 
Way City, fucking Tet Offensive, fucking oversaturated um, as fuck. Milai, yeah. you know, all that shit. You know, there's a bunch of shit, you know, uh, the Ashaw Valley, all that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, what about them going there? And it usually just glosses over their training and then just goes right into Vietnam. And the training usually is really fucking just not good, like Mike said. Um, so this one, for actually showing, like, the training that they would go through in a real place where they had infantry AIT and they would train people for Vietnam that were going there soon, it's like, it's pretty fucking cool that somebody actually did the research and put in the time and the effort to make this film. Cause as we know, making a film's not an easy feat. And it's like, so what do you mean? I'll call my friends and you know, we'll all head down to the park and we'll make a movie. <laughs> that is an abridged like version of what happens, but yes, that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so like somebody spent that much time and effort, you know, to do this and all the actors were in it, which is good. Um, as far as like the technical shit, there were some things that just drove me fucking nuts, but it was like, whatever. Um, but they, like I said, fourth army insignia, like that's who was training guys at Fort Polk during Vietnam. And they did the research and they got that. And it was fucking cool. Um, the writing again was 80% in my opinion, which is not terrible, but it's whatever acting was good. Um, I'm going to give this a, let's flip a coin. Um, I'll do a six out of 10. It's, it's like a 6.5, but I don't want to make it too complicated. Um, it's like a 6.5. Don't give me fractions, you son of a bitch. Right. No, I know your little New England fucking brain can't comprehend fractions. That's why I just evened it off. I just I trimmed. The mouse wheel got stuck. Yeah. The, the gears grinding. <laughs> fucking nasty yeah. little skull. It's all that inferior Vermont cheese getting stuck in the it, wheel. Yeah. Well, now, well, now like... you're getting it. Um, but no, so I'd say a 6 out of 10 uh, because it. It just it kind of felt um, like somebody wrote it who did research but not quite enough, and the technical shit was just you know it. That's whatever. But also, I'm very difficult on grading films, as we know, so I'm pretty harsh on that. So six is not terrible. <laughs> it's above a fucking one. No. Yeah. Yes. That's usually what you give most of them. So yeah. Yeah. No. Six out of ten. <laughs> solid. So. And Brian. Not midway. So this, taking all these points in consideration, this is a very interesting film. You know, they're, they're trying to juggle a lot here. And, you know, they get a lot right. They get a lot, eh. I mean, I can really sum this movie up as, you know, one smartass's fight against the system. That, that's really what I saw in this. And, you know, just to read it, I said earlier, it's like somebody wanted to make a movie about Vietnam, but not about Vietnam. You know, it's like they wanted the set dressings and everything, but they didn't actually want to show the horror of the war, um, which works in a way for this. But it's not what I, it's I, about. What? It's it's not about the carnage and the combat. And all oh, that. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about the training and stuff, which, again, you know, is just a hard, hard thing to, to, to dial in on and get right. And again, I like parts of it and other parts of it where it's like, well, this is kind of for the birds. But that being said, I mean, I'd give this a four out of ten. I would recommend it. I think yeah. it's one of the best training films out there, you know? And it's funny, looking to do research for this, I was like, there's 50, there's a fucking file of 57 military-related training films on IMFDB. Half of them I hadn't heard of before, but it's like, holy shit. It's amazing how in peacetime people make movies about training films and training in the army and stuff and everything, you know? And I, like, I, I'm 
more than certain those are a lot of the movies that uh you know they the military likes to back up you know when it comes well, it's to- yeah there are some very interesting ones because again there's this, this one from the 50s where it's like marine drill sergeant thinks his recruits a pussy so he makes him not a pussy and it's like okay that's the 50s you know and, <laughs> and stuff and uh but it's very interesting so this is a very like you know saturated market training films and stuff and things so i gotta commend them for, for what they've done and the effort they put into it and i do recommend you watch it but i feel like they're if you're going to watch a film about like training and, and the bullshit of the military watch jarhead it really it gets all these points but it does it a lot better in my opinion see that's funny because this, this is i'm oh, sorry i'm sorry dude, i'm shitting on your roof no you, go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> no it's that's just you know how i feel and again it's it's worth a watch totally watch it take yep. your own opinion away from it i mean you know it's it's a really cool side of the Vietnam story that you don't get to see, and it's it's definitely worth investigating. So, but what do you? So, do you like Jarhead, Michael? Or not really? That's that's one that I'm kind of like eh on. I uh, I, I kind of felt like I got hit with a, I got a little little uh, little pretentious waves from that one, but uh, I uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Also, so it's probably yeah. you know I, I probably need to see it again. It's amazing how again we're special and lucky whatever because we get to make films it's i wake up every day i'm so glad we can do that yeah but even without that just life experience and that things too like it's just amazing how you can watch one film at one part of your life and and watch it again five ten years later and be like wow you oh, know, yeah. better or worse you know it's it's crazy how our perceptions change of things so it's definitely good to you know get into it rewatch it again and see yeah. if you like it or not so I maybe i'll like it, it less so. I haven't. Well, who knows? Yeah, I haven't seen it since high school. But I just I remember like for me anyway, it uh, it, it kind of felt like it was you know being a little bit. It was just like really elevated. It seemed to me in a lot of ways, and well, it was uh, hyped up a lot. A lot. That's the thing is, I think it yeah, was hyped that's, up. That's, yeah, I, I think I think I think, I think we should it. definitely cover that in a future scuttlebutt. Um, I'd love to have an like a, a <laughs> Desert Storm vet on or something. Yeah, know, I can. I, if you're a Desert Storm vet and want to talk about a, a Marine Corps Desert Storm vet, because like. <laughs> I, I know yeah. I know an Army Desert Storm vet who would gladly come on and give him some heads up, but like he he didn't go through the Marine Corps training and all that shit. So I'll try and look around. I, I, and unfortunately, the only Marine that I know who went through at that time period was it's after. Funny when you say look around, like under the boxes. Well, no, like through case. my friends list and through who I know. But like yeah. Um, yeah. The, the only Marine that I know that was around that time period got in right after Desert Storm and he was in Somalia. So. Mm, um, yeah, I have some friends that went there too. Yeah, and yeah. and it was people don't realize the Marines were there or the 10th Mountain Division. Yeah, they so. were there before Black Hawk Down happened. Like they were there for a pretty decent <laughs> amount of time. And um, yep. and this guy that I know, you know, he went through that. So maybe for um, future things, we can get him on for some movies about that time period. But um, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, if you if you're a Marine Desert Storm veteran, uh, Desert Storm era is a different thing. So just want to clarify that. Um, if you if you were like actually in Desert Shield and Desert Storm as a U.S. Marine, um, yeah, comment, uh, get in contact with us if you want. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, and yeah. if you want to be on for to review Jarhead, that would be cool. So, and to get your opinion about this, you know, yeah. to start yeah. off because this is our first training film. Yeah, and again, comparing it to the other training Vietnam War film, Full Metal Jacket. Oh. This is, uh, it's a lot better. Yeah. It's way, way, way better than the first half of Full Metal Jacket. First half of Full Metal Jacket does not, planning, does not get a six yeah. from me, just throwing that out there. We're, we're, yeah, we're getting yeah. a panel of Marines I, to destroy that film, so I can't wait to, yeah. to do I, uh, that later this year. I, I have not liked... Yeah, I, I've had strong opinions about that movie since I saw it way back in, like, you know, freshman year of high school. Yep. Um, 
I, I've always considered that one to be like so overrated. But I will save my thoughts for. Yes, the we should save our thoughts because that that'll be a fun one. That'll be real oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So I got a bonus. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's all. M I C K E Y M O U S E. Fuck you. Shut your fucking cock holster. Yeah. And on that bombshell, <laughs> thanks again for joining us, and uh, see you next week. Cool. Bye. Fuck you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, scuttlebutt out.